for the Alliance. For the Horde! Slay them all! Your mum's a bearded ogre and your father's a trog! Welcome to Casually Casual Cast. I'm your host, Harena Swift. This is the Warcraft Podcast for those who are hardcore about not being hardcore. In each episode, I cover Warcraft retail and wild classic news in and out of Azeroth. I cruise the forums and share community feedback. I share some adventures in Azeroth and I finish by taking that trip through trade chat. See what's going on there. So today's date is August 27, 2022. This is episode 9. I'm back in the Warcraft saddle and the show is now part of the cozy podcast network. You can find all the shows that I produce at cozypodcastnetwork.com and you can also have your thoughts, opinions, stories, and adventures shared on the show too simply by tweeting the show at Warcraft Casual. Follow me on Twitter at Horena, H-A-R-A-I-N-N-A and you can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com and you can find episodes and show notes at anchor.fm forward slash casuallycasualcast and also from my podcast network website. So let's hop into that Warcraft retail news first. Our Warcraft retail news starts with the yummy news that from now until September 5th, 2022, you can claim your free, free copy of the Shadowlands Base Edition along with a level 50 character boost through the Battle.net desktop app. Play the complete Shadowlands experience and get an early start preparing for the launch of Dragonflight later in 2022. In order to be eligible for this free gift, all Battle.net accounts that do not currently have the Shadowlands expansion attached to it and that had any expansion license attached to the account in the past will receive the Shadowlands base edition and a level 50 character boost for free, no purchase necessary. Battle.net accounts without a previous expansion license attached on any of their WoW game accounts or which already have Shadowlands on any of their game accounts are not not eligible to receive a free copy of Shadowlands. And in order to claim this gift, open up your battle.net desktop app, click the gift icon on the top right side of the app next to the notification bell icon. Then in the confirmation window, look for your gifts and click the claim button. Launch World of Warcraft and enjoy your free copy of the Shadowlands base edition and level 50 character boost. So they hope that we enjoy these gifts and that our journey through the afterlives will be filled with adventure and excitement. And they want us to keep an eye on the World of Warcraft.com news for all the latest and greatest WoW 
Shadowlands and Beyond news that's going to be coming up, like the release of Wrath of the Lich King on September 26th and Dragonflight later in 2022. So that's exciting. Let's talk about some hot fixes. All right, our second Retail Warcraft news item was posted on the forums on August 26th, and it is talking about Dungeons and Raids hotfixes. The Faded Raids are now reduced the minimum item level to Q for all Faded Raid Finder wings to 230, and that is down from 240. And the devs note on this change is this restriction was too punishing given Faded LFR's importance in providing new and returning players with an intermediary step to engage in Season 4's endgame activities. We believe the power increases afforded from the Faded powers themselves more than make up for this item level gap. So groups should have a vastly more difficult time completing the encounters. Items and rewards are also having that reduce the damage increase on Jeweled Signet on Melandrus by 74%. And the devs note on that is that the spell effect changes made to Jeweled Signet of Melandrus for the release of Legion time marking inadvertently also caused it to increase the damage of abilities that scale with weapon damage. In some cases, the overall power gains were far beyond what was intended. This hotfix retains the current function but adjust to to the tuning accordingly. And then they also fixed an issue where a cosmic or sacred creation impetus could cause uh, could be used directly on faded tier modules from Sepulcher. All the first ones, I remember I love calling it Sepulcher. It's Sepulcher. Sepulchre, Sepulchre of the first ones. The faded tier armor created by the modules can still be upgraded. And then on August 25th, they tossed in some hot fixes um, with the faded raids and the faded powers and pretty much all the things I just talked about. Um, and it was just to also reduce the negative impact of missing a creation spark impact on location and initial stacks of creation spark reduced to two down from three. And then the number of creation spark impact locations was reduced to two uh, down from three. And now we have some Warcraft classic news. Our Warcraft classic news starts with the icy news of the icy winds of Northrun having begun their mournful wail, warning the heroes of Azeroth of the imminent danger that the Lich King and his undead scourge present to all of life. Gather our allies, stock up on our supplies, and prepare to face the threat ahead. With the release of Wrath of the Lich King's pre-patch, we will be able to create our first Death Knight class, take up the way of the scribe with the new inscription profession, and experience a host of new system updates. Now, for those of us who are still in Burning Crusade Classic, we will get the Joyous Journeys buff to help prepare for Wrath of the Lich King Classic. This buff will increase our experience gains by 50%.
we have a road ahead in Warcraft Classic, detailing us the path to success and all of the events that are ahead of us. So on August 31st, the pre-patch will begin with a Wrath of the Lich King pre-patch, which launches and that Fresh Start Realms go live during the regional maintenance. So they're giving us two Fresh Start Realms. And then on September 6th, through the 13th, there will be a zombie plague event. A mysterious affliction begins to make its way through the capital cities. Players must be vigilant to avoid falling victim to its deadly effects. And then September 13th, all the way through to the launch, the Scourge evasion invasion event will happen in several locations throughout Azeroth. The players must coordinate a defensive stand against the attacking Necropolis and defeat Scourge forces to gain powerful rewards. On September 20th through October 6th, Brewfest begins. You do love eating delicious fair food, drinking that bountiful beverages, and riding rams around barrels and apples. It is the perfect time to partake in these activities and timed events to earn Brewfest souvenirs and achievements during this beautiful holiday event. And then on September 26th, we will have the Wrath of the Lich King Classic launch at 11 p.m. And Wrath of the Lich King Classic will launch and the players will be able to log in and enjoy on August, August, October 4th and October 5th, the arena season five will begin and that will begin with a weekly reset. And then on October 6th, Nexoramus, the Eye of Eternity and the Obsidian Sanctum are available at 11 p.m. And Naxxoramus, the giant necropolis, and the sea of the dreaded Lich Kel'Thuzad will float over Winterguard Keep and Dragonblight. And those that are eager to aid the Lich King and his deadly machinations will be joining him. <laughs> Located in the center of Kul'dara, the Eye of Eternity will challenge players to defeat the blue dragon aspect Malagos. And Dragonblight is the home of the Obsidian Sanctum, where players must venture below Wormrust Temple to bring an end to Sartharin and his lieutenants Shadron and Tenebron and Vesperon. So that fresh start that I alluded to in the beginning of this road ahead is um, coming from the post on the forums, the WoW, WoW Classic forums by Cavix, Community Manager Cavix, and they wanted to let everybody know that on Wednesday, August 31st, that there will be two new Fresh Start Realms available for character creation and play immediately after patch maintenance is complete. And those realms will be Thekel, T-H-E-K-A-L for PvP players and Giant Stalker for normal. And they he finished the post off by saying that they're really looking forward to seeing you there next week. And um, I have more information. We're going to jump forward, forward, and discuss that Maximum interview with Ian Hazakastas and Liquid's Maximum the, they have the interview and all the details. Mac, MMO Champion was really good at breaking down a lot of the key points of the interview. And obviously, you can um, find those at the link in my show notes. But we're going to go over 
some of the key points. So if you want to know about that, keep listening. And if you don't want to know about anything going on with Dragonflight, I'm not really sure that it's horrible, like, spoilery. Because I like to stay away from spoilers too. I don't want to be in the Dragonflight Alpha. I don't want to know anything really when it comes to that. These are more or less um, Season 4 um, success. And then they talk about the rating and social updates that are coming to Dragonflight. And then certain class buffs, Mythic Plus, Dragon Riding, and Talent Trees and the raid release they kind of go in and add a couple um bullet points to those topics so it's nothing too spoilery in my opinion just kind of gives you a good overall view of what to expect without really wrecking it for you so that's what we're going to talk to on the flip side let's go Moving forward, we're going to discuss the Maximum interview with Ian Hazakastis. That's Liquid's Maximum, who sat down with Ian Hazakastis to talk about Dragonflight. And you can find the show notes for that off from my website. Or you can also go to MMOChampion.com. They've done a good job on itemizing a lot of the key points. And I'm just going to pull out a few of those so you can read the whole interview on your own and obviously watch it. And um, they went over Season 4 success, saying that the team is super happy with how Season 4 has turned out. That there are some kinks to work out, but they have been addressed. And they now see that this is something that can happen towards the end of every expansion. Having a way to address bad RNG is definitely something the team wants to keep this, you know, keep in some way going forward. And they are not necessarily keeping the same vendor system that they have used in season four as purchasing and BIS items from a vendor when you haven't killed the boss yet on week three would diminish the value. So then they added some rating and social update discussion where they said that uh, there is some social value in keeping mythic lockouts as it encourages people to stick with the team instead of bailing right when something goes wrong. Uh, He also added that the team wants to make sure more and more things are cross-server, that they're moving in the direction of having mythic raids potentially being even cross-realm and having that enabled earlier, but not on day one. And then they also talked about the possibility of cross-server guilds being on the table. I think that's pretty neat. I think you kind of have a little bit of that already now with like the community inside of the Battle.net system where you can make like server groups you know but i think it's more linked to faction so i wonder well i don't know they might change that now because we didn't like we opened up faction more accessibility so i think those groups might become an idea to turn them into guilds a guild option so that's pretty cool And also they touched on the cross-faction guilds. Oh, right here we go. Cross-faction guilds is definitely something that the team wants to do before the end of Dragonflight, but there is a tricky coding that involves that that they actually have to solve and that the team is looking to solve faction changes nuking your raid lockout. So that is... That's pretty cool, too, to all these things. It's good to see that they have the stuff out and are able to at least discuss it. And I think that's one thing of um, players like myself who, one, don't really have to worry about Mythic rating because I don't have time. (laughs) That's why this is the Casually Casual cast. Good for you. 
Um, kudos to you. There's a part of me that, you know, really honors that uh, type of play style and the players that can pull it off. But for me, it's just never been my gameplay. I just, I play too many games. I have too many things going on for me to focus any cognitive function towards trying to do something like that. So, but I really love the fact that they are talking about all of these ways to think outside of the box, try to, um spread things around because if you can't do like one whole huge server and have everybody thrown in it as one big server family it's really cool to at least be able to open things up more across server that is definitely cool and then they're even talking about taking it up that notch of being cross-faction and i know that that is not you know a great thing for some people especially those might be more lore-minded or like what you know it just shatters the whole world of like why we've you know, had pet factions in the first place, but that's another topic for another podcast, <laughs> not mine, because I, I'm not there. So, but we, they also talked about class buffs, where the um, they discussed the bring the player, not the class, being too extreme. That the team wants there to be reasons to seek out a class for a raid, but they also don't want their raid buffs to be too powerful that you may feel that you need them to succeed. And Evoker will bring Bloodlust into Dragonflight, and the team is looking to give a Battle Resurrection to another class in Dragonflight. And that the team might pull back on some buffs, but there have been introduced into Alpha, and that the team doesn't want to design encounters that absolutely require certain utilities like Death Grip, but they also want to add more unique utility to classes that might make encounters a little easier. They touched on some Mythic Plus Season 2, saying that they will have other, they will have the other four dungeons and four other dungeons from prior expansions, and that the team wanted to cycle through all the dungeons over the course of an expansion. And that one of the problems that they faced was that heroic and normal guilds right now is that the repeatability of Mythic Plus loot that is on par with those difficulties. And that the team also wants to make gear between Mythic Plus raiding and PvP more unique from one another. So that's cool. And Dragon Riding, they touched on that the team wants to preserve the importance of all mounts collected up until Dragonflight, and that Dragon Riding has been well received, and that the team wants to look into how to take that forward even after the expansion. So I think that is kind of touching base on some of the conversations that I've seen where people were like, what, all my mounts that I've collected all these, you know, through all these, these years or even bought on the store won't even be able, you know, will pale in comparison to being able to fly as a dragon in this amazing epic way. So they don't want to diminish, you know, the importance of all the mounts that people have spent so much of their time in Azeroth collecting and seeking out that they don't want it, you know, to kind of be like, oh, well, that's a old hat, throw it in the closet with all of your memories and all of your, you know, your efforts, you know, so yeah, but you know, I think there's still going to be a section of the community that, that still values that, still likes to check off those boxes, still likes to chase those achievements, still wants to collect as many awesome mounts in the game that they possibly can, and there's some that don't, and they just want to ride and fly like a dragon, you know, and that's the beauty that I think, uh, 
them even talking about it is understanding that they want to preserve that importance of all the mounts but also they know dragonflight is going to be amazing and everybody loves it but then i hear there's a lot of you know talk about now they are nerfing the speed of dragonflight which when they first introduced it in the alpha it was like supposedly really amazing and then now they keep nerfing it and everybody's like well okay why you know so i don't know it'll be interesting to see where we end up and that that won't even be done or solidified it when it comes out into the expansion because right now they have a certain group of people amount of people playing it but when they open it up to the masses expect even more changes you know that's just how it goes and then they went on to talent trees where they covered that the team would like all feedback to be equal but life happens and there are certain situations that hold back communications and they were referencing that because um, they, they specifically said druid and priests and said that they hear you and they will have an update on your talent trees soon. So, and then he also wanted to add that the team recognizes that at least communicating that they are listening, even if they have nothing to update, is something that they can do better. And that testing the talent trees and raids and content is what is ahead of the team in the alpha. That they will listen, they will respond, and they will iterate on the trees based on feedback and also on testing. And they wrapped up the interview talking about the raid release. Ian wants to know how the community feels about releasing all difficulties of raids on the same day instead of having Mythic launch a week later. All right, so I wanted to end the news section with this next story. And now wrapping up the news section for episode nine of Casual Casual Cast, we have the story titled Blizzard NetEase Scrap Warcraft Mobile Game After Financing the Dispute. A World of Warcraft game, mobile game that is, that had been in production for three years, thanks to Activision Blizzard Inc. and NetEase Inc. has been scuttled, tossed out, casting doubt on one of the most lucrative corporate partnerships in the sector. And this is not the one that we just heard about before. It's not Warcraft Arclight on mobile that they're talking about. There was actually an MMO for Warcraft that they were building with NetEase to be released. And only a few of the more than 100 developers on the team who are responsible for producing the game's content have been given internal transfers according to people familiar with the situation. The initiative, which had been kept secret, was called off as a result of the two companies' disagreements over terms. According to a source familiar with the deal who asked not to be identified because the conversation involved private information. The choice has been reported to to raise questions around Blizzard's relationship with China's number two gaming powerhouse, which gives the U.S. company an important gateway into the largest mobile market in the world. The country's World of Warcraft and the other Blizzard brands are published in Hangzhou by NetEase, which is also the co-creator of the recently released Diablo Immortal. Despite the criticism of its in-game purchases and <clears throat> predatory, <laughs> predatory in-game purchases. 
<laughs> the Ablo Immortal is expected to be a commercial success. But the massive multiplayer online role-playing game set in the same universe as World of Warcraft was the goal of the now-canceled project with the codename Neptune. It wouldn't be a direct adaptation of the well-known online game, but rather a spin-off with a distinct historical backdrop. A NetEase spokeswoman declined to comment, and a spokeswoman for Activision Blizzard also declined to comment. So there we are. It was a dream. It existed, and now it's gone. <laughs> so I'm really interested. Do you think that... I don't know. I don't know. It's this Diablo Immortal uh, type of a game that comes out free to play on mobile. It is all from a big name, a big history of Diablo, has its own cult following for Diablo. People chomping at the bit for Diablo 4 to be released was perfect to go, oh, here you go, play this. But then once everybody jumped in and played it, and there have been people just sinking their money into Diablo Immortal, like tens of thousands of dollars. And then they've turned into these huge big whales where they can't even log into, they can't even queue up for stuff because there's literally nobody that is ranked as large as them because they've paid their way to get that big that they have ran out of people to play with. And um, I listened, I watched a couple videos on this where the whaling on this has gotten so bad that the whales didn't have anybody to whale with. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know where, you know, maybe Blizzard, <laughs> not ease Blizzard was like, eh, we already have this, this beautiful, like the steaming turd on our doorstep that smells beautifully. But then when you, when you get in and you play it, like if you're just playing it to enjoy your game, great. But then people start feeling a little bit more, you know, like there's that predatory uh, little creepy person behind the curtain going, come, come over here, <laughs> buy what I have to sell you. You'll get amazing and magical powers and it costs a lot of money, but don't worry about that. Come and buy it for me now. Like this little wizard. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel it. That's why I stopped playing it. So it makes me wonder if, like, they don't want to double down on that twice. You know, they already did the Blizzard NetEase mobile thing. It's making a lot of money for the, the people who want to drop, the people who can and want to, for some reason, drop thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on their fake character in a fake world for bragging rights. I don't know. They get something out of it. That's their prerogative. That's their money. It's their life. It's their game. But for me, looking at the bigger picture, and if I were Blizzard, I'd be like, eh, I don't know if I want to double dip twice. I don't know if I want to do this twice. I don't know if I want to go down this realm twice. Maybe they plan on going down that realm with the Warcraft one, but Diablo it just fit that. I don't know. But I feel like they don't want to shoot themselves in both feet. One foot, they're making bank on it, apparently, still. And then when it released into other countries, uh, you know, they're making bank on it. But I wonder if they just don't want to, you know, look the gift horse twice. 
in the face. They don't want to take that chance twice, you know? So I don't know. Maybe more information will come on it. This is just my own thoughts and opinions on, like, looking at it from the outside going, eh, if I was Blizzard, I don't know that I would want to push this out twice. If I already have this history of treating my employees sketchy, I'm in all these lawsuits, and then this Diablo Immortal jumps out, and then that gave a lot of people a sour taste, but now we're talking about we Warcraft. Do we really want to do this twice? Do we really want to jump off a cliff twice and then cross our fingers on the way down? I don't know. <laughs> so this is my thoughts and opinions on it. That's all. But let's uh, cruise the forums and find out other people's thoughts and opinions on other things to do with Warcraft. I'm bored. You want to go for a drive? Sure. You know where I'd like to go? Where? I'd like to go cruise some forums. Hmm. Sure. Alright, now we are cruising the forums and our first stop is Reddit and there's a post that is talking about adding um, portals in Dragonflight to these towns. So in order to prevent previous areas from turning into ghost towns, World of Warcraft Dragonflight gamers are urging the developer Blizzard to install travel portals in the new Dragon Isles Center Valdraken. The capital of the Dragon Isles, Veldraken, will act as a nexus for all players, both experienced and new. The city will contain all the essential components that most WoW cities will have, such as a bank, PvP vendors, an auction house, crafting stations, and portals to Stormwind and Orgamore. But one player on Reddit wanted to ask in a post on the WoW subreddit, Dear Blizzard, can we add transmog stations to all the cities and put portals to all the big cities in Veldraken like we did in prior expansions? This post was by Dandog. They added, I find it distressing to observe the mighty cities of Azeroth becoming deserted wastelands. The World of Warcraft fantasy depends on trading in multiple faction centers. And I totally agree with this post because it's true. You spend so much time building up the game, building up the world, building the player base, and people still go in those towns. And they each town has its own aesthetic. And I think it's really awesome to be able to still offer gateways, portals, for people to come and go and to pick where they want to do their business. And that's why I love when you can add that to the games so that you can traverse back and forth and not feel like you're being, you know, forced down this little with a with a little carrot on a stick like here follow me abandon all of your favorite towns and come to this new one we made you know maybe maybe don't do it right off the front maybe add it right off the bat but maybe add it later on but I definitely think it needs to be a thing I don't like seeing the the awesome towns of our past be left to the you know just waste away and whatever i just don't like that and plus i think it's cool too for new players of the game to see 
veteran players of the game or people that are the higher level being able to go in and out of these cities too because it, it gives them something to look forward to like oh look look at all these players with this amazing gear and look at all this stuff i just think it makes it better i just like them better and i think it's a better addition and apparently my cat does too because he's chiming in now the concerns about probable inclusion of portals to all of the important cities in Veldraken actually divided players in the Reddit post comment area where one user adding, it would be great to have all portals back, but I doubt that this will revive the other cities. Another user replied, I completely forgot transmog vendors existed because I just used the mount that has one on it now. So, um, and then another player added, I'd like this and for every major faction capital to have a portal room of its own along with the others that are extras that Orgamore and Stormwind get. So I like, I like it. I think that I don't see how, like what the one poster said, you know, I don't think it's going to revive it. I find that it's def if you don't add a portal, that's 100% chance that nobody's going to go to that, to, you know, that you are 100% cutting off the flow of travel to that particular um, town, unless they go by foot or flight path, whatever. But you 100% increase the chance that you'll get more travel there if you put a portal. You know, it's it's not like, oh, I doubt it. If I had the chance to go, if I was whore, go to um, Sun Crown or to go out in my Blood Elf starting zone, I would totally do it. If it had all of the portals for me to go to any zone I wanted, I would go there because I love that place. I think it's beautiful and stunning and I would love to go there. I would love to have all the portals in Undercity because I love the Undercity vibe too. You know, you on certain days, I love to go to certain towns. That's just my play style. If it's cold and rainy and dreary and I got candles lit and and it just cozy twinkle lights going. I'm a chick. I can talk about this if I want. Um, I got all this stuff going. <laughs> I like to go to games and towns that have that vibe that I'm feeling. Just like we as people who listen to music love to listen to music to fit our mood. I tend to game the same way. So that's just my own personal experience from my own life. But I, I'm for the portals in the major cities. I don't see how it could be a bad thing. But all right, our next post on Reddit is WoW player creates custom mount that is a moving base. And if you have not seen this, oh, it is amazing. Reddit user Fishbone06 posted their custom mount to the WoW subreddit, which instantly shot to the top of the page. The mount is a player housing mount named Walking Cottage. The Walking Cottage is a house brought to life given monstrous legs that it sprouts straight out of the bottom, out of the ground. So the description of the mount reads, don't like your neighbor? Pick up and journey the world in your mobile home to find the perfect place to settle down. It is so cool. It looks like the earth lifted up. Like think if you're an Alliance player, think about all the little cobblestone villages, little houses with the little blue sh like wooden shingles and the little glowing windows. Think of that little chunk that the land is on just lifts up with rock feet underneath and just moves to wherever you want. Amazing. 
And then they added a walking hut, which is born out of the desert. It is just a magnificent and majestic as its predecessor. Um, commenters from World of Warcraft urged Blizzard, the f commenters from World of Warcraft Reddit urged Blizzard to include these enormous mounts in Dragonflight by saying, I think this would be really cool as a new taxi. Like, it has, it has a set path, and you can do other things as it moves. That way, you don't have to drive it. It will get you where you need to go. This also just looks awesome. So, bone people thought, you know what? If you can't use it as a house, let's just use it like that. Like the wagons, you know, in like Revendrath, or even in the Undercity zones, where you either get ran over by the crazy driver in the Revendrath wagon, or you get to hop on and get taken to a destination. It is so cool. Like this would be amazing if they added something like this. If, they, if they're not ready to do the whole player housing aspect of it, because let's be honest, I think tossing this into Dragonflight right now would be like a big mountain that they'd have to like, you don't just toss it in when, when the game is already in alpha. Like they have what they have and that's what we have. But maybe in future patch or another expansion, definitely tackle this because player housing is something that so many other MMOs have. Uh, even little options like little apartment rooms like in SO, Elder Scrolls Online, or in Final Fantasy XIV. Like you have something, a place in the world you can call your own. World of Warcraft tossed us one with just an expansion. Go, here's your garrison. And it just looks like everybody else's static garrison. It's just, I hated it. I'm not a garrison supporter. <laughs> so I just... I know a lot of people love them. Me personally, I was not a fan. I just thought the, for the for the expansion, it worked fine, great. But then I don't want it to be. It was like an, an underbaked option for player housing for me. I'm a player housing snob. I feel like that needs to be World of Warcraft. It's like come on, it's 2022. Give us some freaking player housing, and you should give us it in the form of these <laughs> these moving mounts. If you saw these little moving houses. How cool would it be that you could just pick up and move? I mean, this is asking a lot. I'm well aware. But in a in a in a perfect world and where we can just insert what we want into World of Warcraft, this would be it for me. This would totally be an option. And once you look at it, put it in the show notes and also I linked the um creator if you're on Twitter, follow them at fishbones06. They also have the link to their design and everything right on their Twitter page. So you can find it super simple. But it's so cool. I I think it would be awesome. Just if it, if, if it didn't even have to um, be able to plop down wherever you want. Just being able to have a mount. Like maybe this could be like a mount thing. Like you get a mount and inside the mount is this house. And it's an instance for each player to be able to go into their house mount. You know, so you could ride it around, but then also go into it and have like some sort of a house. I think that would be amazing. So truly awesome, truly unique way to tackle that thirst for a true player housing experience by by making it mobile style housing. I think that would just be that would be a way for them to be like, booyah, we have we have sorely lacked in the player housing. So now we're going to do double awesome and like give you this amazing one. Because I don't know of a lot of games that have that. 
that have that mobile house ability in an MMO. We have a lot of static housing, a lot of instance housing, but able to be able to have a, our housing in amount, that would be amazing. So our next discussion comes off from the World of Warcraft forums. Alright, we are now in the US forums.blizzard.com. We are in the general discussion forums, and there is a question posed by Jay Locke, the 60 human warlock, saying, Can we have an honest discussion about removing LFR? And then they go on to add, What are the pros and cons of removing LFR? So, Hataru, they're the first to reply back, 60 Torn Druin, saying, the cat is out of the bag. You can't remove LFR or you'll be ignoring a large percentage of the player base. LFR never should have been introduced into the game. It's, respons it's responsible, in my opinion, for a player's lack of patience and or willingness to join a guild. LFR has also created an elitist mindset because heroic mode players won't give LFR players a chance. No win situation here. And then uh, Vapier, a Vapier, a 60 void elf warrior replied, remove LFR, merge it into normal. It's still queuable. Ta-da, that, that was their solution. Exita, 69 elf druid added, they need to either give it rewards like mounts or remove it. I haven't really done LFR in forever, usually just once for armory to show the green bar. Um, zero reason to do it on alts, they can do normal. Zero reason to do it on my main was going to for the mount until it got removed from LFR. The queue times for it are way too long because most people find it a waste of time. They need to buff it, add rewards, give people a reason to do it so to help queue times or remove it. And I agree with that sentiment too. I think that um, my personal opinion is LFR has its place for people who don't either one have a guild that they can find and click with and it takes time i think people underestimate the amount of time as us as uh, gamers and as rothians age our lives change we go out of chapters and from our 20s move into our 30s and then we move into our 40s some of us in our 50s and our 60s and 70s and, like they're warcraft people just underestimate they think oh it's a video game only 18 year olds play only 14 year olds play no i think it's i think we know now that a lot of people play video games and we are in a different my my generation was one of the launching ones you know we had atari before that people played pog poke i never played that pog pong something like that i'm in the 90s and 80s and my generation grew up on video games and so we're still playing them we're still playing the video games people and our lives have changed i'm a mother i have two kids my life is different than when I started playing Warcraft where I had no kids and I was not married and I could just get out of work. I had a job, but I just, I could get out of work and just like eat pizza and play games and make sure I clock in on time. And my life has drastically changed since then. And I've been podcasting and podcasting about this game for 10 years now. So my life has changed. So I like LFR. 
I don't have time to cultivate a guild and game because guess what? We don't stay in Warcraft now all the time. Not everybody who plays Warcraft only plays Warcraft. We play other games too. So that cuts down on our ability to even cultivate those relationships in the guild to be included in, you know, to fit that little window of time. If my kids are have something to do or my family has something to do, that that has more importance to me in my game style. So I like the fact that they have LFR in the game for people like me. And I like the fact that they have higher caliber raids and progression for players who ha- that fits their lifestyle. But I did not like that they do remove mounts and stuff and rewards from LFR because if we're a paying customer, we should be able to... Uh, get things that other paying customers get and if not then what are you doing you know i agree peer get off the pot you know keep it in add rewards give people a reason to do it or get it out of there like what are you doing like right now if i were to mix all these comments together right now we have yeah the the existence it's almost like you're more damned if you do than if you're damned if you don't when it comes to LFR because you got the snobbery of people going oh you're an LFR person I don't want you in my amazing raid team you smell like the sticky floors of the LFR but then when the person's doing the LFR like what are they really queuing up for like what are they getting they're signing on to have like pushback they're signing on to be you know elitist to feed off from like what what are we getting you know so outside of being like oh well you know what you're getting you're getting the availability of seeing what it's like inside the you know you get to see what the raid looks like well i'm a paying customer i should be able to see what the freaking raid looks like but also should be able to get a freaking mount if i want to and it doesn't have why can't we have like calibers of mounts like, why can't, like, an LFR mount still be a mount, but maybe a different color of a mount? Or maybe not as sparkly. Maybe every type of start... I think that's just laziness on Blizzard going, whoa, we're just going to toggle it on or toggle it off. Well, maybe you should take some of that money from Diablo Immortal. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just being silly. Um, maybe you should take some time to, like, razzle-dazzle throw some extra jazz pizzazz on the mounts for the higher people and their higher ranking, but it still have something for others. I think that's what one thing that really, because I play of all other MMOs, one thing I know from playing Final Fantasy 14 and also Warcraft is that Final Fantasy 14 treats their customers better than Blizzard does right now, in my opinion. <laughs> they recognize that everybody has, they like everybody have the chance to get something, but I don't know why Blizzard is so staunch on just flicking switches on and off instead of like trying to spread the love out a little bit further. So I agree with these posters. I'm just adding all of their posts together and I think they're all saying so many valid statements, in my opinion. And that's what this section is for, for us to share our opinions. And that's why I went to Twitter for SideQuest. What's that over there? Oh, it looks like a a SideQuest. Oh, I love SideQuests. They always get me off on some goose chase. 
I love them too. They're so much fun and not productive whatsoever. That sounds fantastic. Let's go check it out. Alright, Cypus time. That means I head to Twitter and from at Warcraft Casual on Twitter. It's the new show Twitter. So if you want to follow the show on Twitter, please follow the show. It's lonely over there at Warcraft Casual. And you can participate in the side quest tweets. So I uh, I asked Twitter, do you think LFR should be removed from World of Warcraft? And I still have seven hours left. So if, uh, if it changes too much, I'll let you know. But right now it's sitting at 95.2% of players going, no, no, it should not be removed. With only 4.8% of players saying yes. And then thank you to Mercy for Hire on Twitter for replying, LFR offers a casual rating experience for those who don't have enough time to network, plan, and develop dedicated groups for rating. Granted, the quality isn't as good as a coordinated group, but it's better than the alternative for that set group of people. And I 100% agree and appreciate and uh, and I'm, she's preaching what I'm preaching, <laughs> Lady Ella, uh, because it's true. I think that at this time, in this day and age with the gaming community, that we are a varied group of people. We are a varied group of ages, backgrounds, time restraints, time restrictions, uh, time availability, social desires. You know, like some of us don't, we people all day long. We don't want to people in our game. Some people don't get to people and they want to people in their game. Games have to think about this. They have to think about their customers. If you are charging money, a subscription, every month, you should be thinking about your player base and those also as customers and giving them what they want. Because if you don't, then they stop playing. And then if they stop playing, they stop paying. And I feel like that is, seems to be a big problem right now is a lot of these uh, bigger companies and these bigger games forget where they started, why they started, and they forget what they do and what they're doing. And a lot of them are getting so big and so hungry and thirsty that they lost their way. They lost their, their whole purpose. And I don't know if they can ever turn around and get that back because they have grown so big and they have made so much money that money is a hard thing to turn away. But when the third, when the tide changes and they stop, they just keep putting their hands out but not giving anything that is where the balance shifts so i do think lfr plays a big part in that and a lot of people don't like it but guess what then don't do it doesn't affect you don't do it but for those of us who need to do it and want to to see the game to complete lore to keep going in the storyline of a new expansion we should be able to get rewards too we shouldn't have to be looked at with a stinky note, like eye with a stink eye and people plug in their nose and be like, oh, it's LFR weirdos. You know what I mean? But we can't control what other people think about us. We can't control that. But because everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I would like a more, a better balanced playing field for everybody's play style and play availability. So that's that. I think I've ranted long enough, but I feel like most of us agree either, you know, pee or get off the pot, add more 
lustrous love dust to LFR or take it out and, and stop using it as just some cheap, you know, appeasement. That's what I feel like. There's a lot of like pacification going on. Like here, just do this. I don't know why you're going to do it. You don't get anything out of it, but and people look down on you for doing it. It's really weird, huh? <laughs> so really weird. But let's um move into trade chat. Alright, our first trade chat is to let those of you know who are Prime Gaming subscribers, Prime Gaming members, that on August 24th, Blizzard Entertainment posted that they're teaming up with Amazon Prime Gaming for a special offer for a limited time. Prime Gaming subscribers can get up to three transmog helms for World of Warcraft, returning straight from the Blizzard Archive, the Blazing Jewel of the Fire Lord, the Somber Hood of the Hungering Darkness, and the Frosty Crown of Eternal Winter. So starting on, on August 24th, going until September 20th, Prime Gaming members can embrace the cold when they claim the icy crown of eternal winter. And um, so the offer number one, the Jewel of the Fire Lord, has already passed. You had to claim it by July 26th. And then the second, Hood of the Hunger and Darkness, already passed. You had to get that um, by August 23rd. So that has already passed a couple days ago. But if you haven't gotten any of those yet, you still have the chance to get the Crown of Eternal Winter, which is go available. So claim it by September 20th. Once you claim your offer, log into World of Warcraft and visit your favorite transmogrifier in any major city like Warp Weaver Dashar in Orgamore or Warp Weaver Hasham in Stormwind and look for your new home and your transmogs in the appearances tab of your collection, then apply your freshly obtained house to your character and if you don't know how to claim your rewards uh, you have to be a prime gaming member and then you are you have to have a twitch account and then you connect your twitch account to your prime account and then you link your blizzard and your twitch accounts <laughs> you have to link them so they know where to send the goods and then you log into your Twitch account and um, locate the Blizzard Battle Dot section in your chosen gameplay region. Log into your Blizzard account and then visit the Prime Gaming Rewards page for World of Warcraft. Log in. There's a lot. I'm just gonna put the link in the show notes because I, by the time I get done like trying to share it to you, now that I've already started digging the rabbit hole, I apologize, but I can't go any deeper. This is, this is we're bottoming out over here. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just gonna put the link in the show notes. You can find the show notes at the Cozy Podcast Network.com or you can find it at it was anchor. I will be bloop, 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 bloop. it was anchor.fm forward slash casually casual cast. So either one of those options. Or you know I will be sharing the show out with a link to it on my Twitter at Warcraft Casual on Twitter. All the places you can find me. So I will put that in there because it's a lot easier than me trying to read all that nonsense. Once I started going, I was like, yeah, they're going to have to do it themselves. It's getting a little wonky over here. Moving on. All right. And the events going on in Azeroth right now, there's a Pat Battle, Pat Battle, Pat, (laughs) Pet Battle. I'm mixing my words together. It's time for some coffee. Pet Battle bonus event 
started on the 23rd of August and it ends on the 30th. So you have three more days to take part in this pet battle bonus event. While this event is active, your pets will earn experience at triple the usual rate. So get out there and battle. And then the Faded Raids Castle Nathria um, started on the 23rd of August and it will be closing and ending on the 30th of August. And during this week, bosses in Castle Nathria are empowered with increased difficulty and a special ethics. Loot drops are upgraded to a higher item level. And then there's a PvP brawl going on. And that started on um, the... The solo shuffle right now is taking place this weekend. And then we have a PvP brawl, South Shore versus Torn Mill. That is taking place right now from the August 23rd and going till August 30th. So you got a couple more days to get those pet battles, the PvP brawls, and your faded raid and Castle Nathria accomplished. And our last trade chat entry is going to be a blog post found at Kalerian. I'm, I'm going to jack the name up. Kalerian. Kalerian. Anyways, it's at Kalerian.com. K-A-Y-L-R-I-E-N-E.com. And it's titled, Wow in the Non-Raid Content Issue. And I'm going to read a portion of the blog and attach it so you can get an idea what the blog post is about and their opinions on the situation. They say, something I find very interesting is that there's a lot of pent-up frustration in segments of the WoW community over the emphasis on raiding and dungeon gameplay in this game. I think that there's a lot of sound reasoning behind the sentiment, but it sometimes expresses itself in iffy ways. Like, they ask that not as like the ask that not as much raid or dungeon content be added or the idea that people only do mythic plus because streamers told them it's good today i want to kind of analyze this claim and i'm going to start with a thesis statement and work my way backwards first let me say this i am not without biases in this fight quote fight i'm a raider through and through it is what i love about mmos i play and played and recognize that bias going into this it makes me bristle when people suggest that developers just shouldn't add raid content because intended or not i read that as you shouldn't have the things you want and that does color my perception in an ideal world i want everyone to have what they want in their game of choice and even with split development staffing staff working on different things while prioritizes high-end pvp content over other activities so i get where the frustration comes from even as i know that simply not making a new raid content would magically result in a non-raid content being added faster having said that i think my thesis will hopefully put minds at ease so here it goes my assessment of wow's content strategy is this the game has never had more designed non-raid content than it does now but that is the problem for non-raiders let's dive in early wow had almost nothing in terms of non-dungeon non-raid content added in patches vanilla had the battleground patches for pvp and had the reworked talent trees patched after patch by focusing on a few classes at a time but most of the content added was new raids and dungeons in terms of non-raid gameplay 
You got the Silithus revamp for Encourage, the Eastern Plaguelands world content for Naxxoramas version 1.0, and, well, that was about it. Nearly everything else designed for players at Endgame pushed you into a raid or dungeon. They worked to make both more accessible through things like reduced raid-sized zones with parentheses Zolgarub and Ruins of Encourage, bringing dungeons down to more fair levels, reducing the 10-player mini-raids common in Shalomance and Stratholme to 5-player caps, and bringing UBRS from a 15-player common run to 10. But all of this was aimed squarely at pushing players into this content. What did really well do well that made non-raiders stay and play in spite of all this, though? I think it's basic. The game offered an immersive world like any, unlike anything else at the time and a variety of things you could just choose to do. There was little design pressure to do reputations back in vanilla, to push on professions, really to do much of anything. You were free to self-direct and it wasn't uncommon for players to simply spend their time hanging out in Azeroth using the role play suitable spaces of inns, cities, and the little nooks and crannies of the world as places they could just exist. It's quite telling that most of the memories of vanilla that persist aren't raid boss world fights or dungeons or anything, but things that could only happen in an open world with the kind of freedom offered by that design. The in-game funeral crashing. Quote, fun fact, my Wrath Era raid lead was in the guild that did the crashing, and he is exactly the kind of a-hole you could see participating in that. They also added, or bringing the corrupted blood deep buff from Zulgrub into an AH and watching a pandemic on hyperspeed. Sure, there's also good old Leroy Jenkins, but so much of the humor that has little to do with Dungeon itself. And that is where I'm going to stop reading the blog post because that is a nice chunk to get you started. And like I said, you can find that at K-A-Y-L-R-I-E-N-E dot com. Kaler, I really, really, K, Kale Ryan. <laughs> I'm at a loss. I apologize. Huge apologies. But I love this read so far. It's a great blog post. I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to their blog. Um, it's Kayla, I'm just going to say Kale Ryan. MMO Tech and whatever else I like. That's their blog post. And it's in the show notes you can find at CozyPodcastNetwork.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash casually casual cast. And um, also on Twitter at Warcraft Casual. I'm going to tweet out the blog as well. So um, I totally get it. I, I, I agree with this. Uh, there, every time I think back to the fun that I've had playing Warcraft um, since uh, Wrath, was all the fun and shenanigans, uh, the stuff I did with the guilds I was in or that I ran, the events that we held, the level one race, like the naked races, the everything I did with the people. It wasn't in all the PvP. I had so much fun doing world PvP and that kind of went away with cross realms and losing that server reputation and having all that. People could just grab friends off their battle net and face roll you. You know, it, it really, it became more of a battle net battle than a server battle. So I lost that much fun. 
But other than that, we, we had so much fun. And they're right. Not all, all the memories and the things that really keep you in a game isn't based around the amount of grind you have to do to prepare for the raid to the boss. You know, it, it that's memories for some people, but not every play, player. And this is really interesting that I did stumble across this blog because it kind of hits on everything that I was already saying earlier in the Cruising the Forum segment that I find that, you know, a lot of the other stuff, a lot of the other players and the interest in the game sometimes it's so easy to get fallen for to the wayside, but those are the, the, that's the glue that often keeps people coming back to the games is the memories that they made while they were there. And if you don't focus uh, part of your game development on uh, giving people the tools and the places to make those memories, eh, it's it's not great. It's not great. So I do really appreciate this blog post, even though I cannot say the poster's name accurately. Kale Ryan. That's how I'm going to end it. It's going to be called Kale Ryan. <laughs> I love the name. It's pretty. I just don't know. People always call me um, Harry Rana. <laughs> it's Arena. Um, or they call me Harryana. Or, yeah, just Harryana. <laughs> like, whatever. Do what you got to do. <laughs> so... I get the name of uh, the name frustration. So like I said, I'm going to tweet this out right now. And so you can go to my Twitter at Warcraft Casual if you don't want to try to track down all the other websites. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm hitting it right now. Boom, boom. I'm doing it right now. And it's out. So you can just go to at Warcraft Casual on Twitter and get this a blog post. Finish reading it. It's a great read. All right, that has been episode nine. I'm glad to be back in the saddle talking about Warcraft. I'll do other podcasts about other games. I do one playing um, called the Dilo Dispatch for Ark Survival Evolved. And I also do one for Final Fantasy called Sprout Life. And I do other ones like Am I the A-Hole Apple Pie? I like to talk about the Reddit posts about Are You the A-Hole? So that is what the CozyPodcastNetwork.com is all about is the, the nice cozy hub to where all of my podcasts are going to hang out now. So, all right, you guys have a great day. I hope you have amazing travels, amazing adventures. And if, if not, I hope you change some things up, add some fun and, and change up the slog of life, you know, change it up. Try your changing your perception to change your feelings about stuff. Try new things, and I will see you in episode 10. Bye bye, Azerothians. May our paths cross again. I'll always treasure our time together. Goodbye. Peace. Or not. In my native tongue, my name means dances with tassels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>